my hottest possible take is I feel like we could have stopped after 10 in Doctor Who. I feel like we could have ended with David Tennant. Um, I'm not a fucking nerd, so I don't have opinions on that. Welcome to the Sing Stations podcast. I am Eliza, and today I had to come to terms with the fact that I know the entirety of Lin Manuel Miranda's rap from the Crucible Cast Party SNL sketch. Oh, iconic. That's a great SNL sketch. He did a great job on SNL. Hi, my name is Olive, and I would love to hear the Glee cover or any other mashup of Nothing New by Taylor Swift and Phoebe Bridgers and Young and Beautiful by Lana Del Rey. I think that would be like too much to handle, but it would also have very I feel pretty slash unpretty mashup vibes. Yeah, but it I've would also think- cause me to unalive. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't I've been thinking about that all week. It is our season finale, the episode A Journey to Regionals, one of my personal favorite episodes in all of Glee. Why uh, did I think this was like a mid-season thing? Well, to be fair, they had sectionals mid-season, so sometimes it's easy That's to get, fair. It's easy but it to get just, the competitions mixed up. It just feels a little, like, a teeny tiny little bit anticlimactic. Because, like, the end is they lose and then they get another year. Spoilers. Do we? Yeah. I think we touched on this a little bit in, in Juliana's episode, but it's a different experience watching the show now than watching the show when it was released. Because back then you had to wait a week, at least a week, if not more every time an episode came out and then when the season finale happened you would have to wait like multiple months in order to find out what happens next right and there was always the possibility that like your favorite show could get canceled or not that that's not still a possibility but like you know it was just different back then i feel like this is super climactic honestly is that a word the opposite of yeah yeah i think this is a great season ending so we open with the discovery that sue is or has been hired as one of the judges for the regionals competition. Uh, Will finds this out in the hallways, and he's, of course, like, infuriated by this. The judges are going to be Josh Groban, Olivia Newton-John, fictional character Rod Remington, and Sue. I don't know where they got this lineup, but it's super iconic. I genuinely don't know, but I do think it's funny that they're there, because wasn't Olivia Newton-John, like, really expensive? Couldn't they have gotten, like, a cheaper other guest star? Oh, I'm certain. Yeah. Um, Will, like, marches into the into the principal's office, and he's, he's like, well, obviously, if Sue is a judge, she's going to try to tank our chances at winning, like, just automatically put the new directions at last because she hates us. And Figgins is say, like... This is a sorry. great Sue episode. Oh, oh. And I... This is a fantastic Sue fantastic episode. Fantastic Sue episode. Um, Figgins is immediately like, um, I don't control what the show choir committee says, so I have literally no hand in this decision and I cannot do anything about this. And Will is like, but I need you to. And he's like, no, I can't. He literally can't do anything, Will. Do you not understand how rules work? He is the principal of this one school, not of all show choirs of all time, Will. He doesn't have pull. Sue is also there for some reason because I guess she's just always hanging out in the principal's office. Um, we know who really runs the school. Yeah. Well, and Sue Sue is pretending that like she's going to be honorable and all that. And Will's like, um, you tried to destroy us from sectionals. And she goes, I have no memory of that. Felt, bestie. Um, you know what? I too have no memory of like six months ago. So, you know. Sectionals was supposed to be six months. I feel like it was supposed to be three months ago. Oh, maybe it was. I was just making a joke. Okay, okay. I was like, what? Uh, Which does bring us into our next scene, which is, God, it's Puck and Quinn making out, and it's like the precursor to her getting knocked up, and I hate this scene so much. Basically, it's a flashback to, like, before she's pregnant, they're making out on her bed, and Puck is doing this, like, teenage boy who has convinced the girl that he's so deep. He's like life's just a bunch of experiences and like i'm just you don't yeah, get a medal be even thinking of finn in three years you don't get a medal at the end for being good okay first of all puck she is like it is a fundamental part of her character that she is christian mm-hmm. um in christian religions you do get a gold medal at the end for being good first <laughs> of all second of all 
He's like, just have another wine cooler. Wow. 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 Yikes. When she asks about protection, he says, I got it. Trust me. Which we already know from like a previous episode because she like made a joke about it. But like, oof. There, there have been times where I have just wanted to reach into a TV show and tear a character apart with my bare hands. This is one of those times. I mean, like, Quinn is not acting well here either, of course. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. I feel like there's a difference here between being, like, maybe this is the first time you've had alcohol, mm-hmm. you're in an emotionally vulnerable state, and you're being coerced into having sex versus... Right. Being Puck in this situation. Yeah, Puck's definitely the bad guy here. We've already talked about this before, but like throughout the season, like, or the second half of the season, ever since Finn finds out that it's not his baby, Puck has these lines to Finn where he's like, we're cool, right? Or like, we're friends again. And Finn's like, no, absolutely fucking not. And we all think that makes sense. When you see this scene specifically, I think there is like a specific like intent I don't want to necessarily say malice I don't know if that's the right word for it but he tells Quinn this isn't just another hookup to me when like obviously it is it is obviously it is that to me shows like like a darker part of his character I guess it's implied that Puck does have feelings for Quinn but I think especially like at this point it's more just like jealousy to Finn than it is actual feelings for Quinn men will literally be Noah Puckerman instead of going to therapy that we is come back out of that flashback to Quinn in Mr. Shu's kitchen. She's just stare- standing there. Apparently, she's been staring out the window for a while, and Mr. Shu comes in, and she turns around. And this is the first time we have seen her, capital P, pregnant, pregnant. And he offers to help her, and she's like, I'm not due for another month. I can handle a pile of plates. And this is, Mr. Shu says that this is like the first annual New Directions regional song nomination meeting or something. They couldn't have just done this in class. You couldn't, A, you couldn't have done this in class. B, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It feels a little bit weird to be inviting students over to your house. Yeah, I think there are times when it's appropriate, but for Will Schuster, it doesn't feel appropriate. For Will Schuster, it doesn't ever feel appropriate. Also, Um, we've said it before. But y'all need to be picking your songs way before, like, the week of the competition. So Will is like, let's go around and nominate some songs. And Rachel is like, no. She's just like, in, what we're going to do is we're all going to go around and say a good memory we had from Glee Club. And Tina uh, has a whole thing about, like, before this year, I only had two Facebook friends and they were my parents. Basically, like, they all take a good cry moment to, like, think about how much they're going to miss Glee Club because they all know that Miss Sylvester is going to make them lose and then they'll have to disband the Glee Club. And we cut to Will in the guidance counselor's office talking to Emma. Um, And he's just asking for advice, basically, like, trying to keep his chin up while everything around them seems just, like, so bad. Because honestly, literally. She literally asks, like, I don't know what you want from me, Will, which, good question. And right. he says, I'm looking for some guidance. Which, fair enough, she is a guidance counselor. She then takes this opportunity to transition into, I'm seeing someone. Well, isn't the person she's seeing John Stamos? No, we don't know that yet. Ah, uh, okay. We don't know that yet. We just know that he's her dentist, and he's uh. always admired her oral hygiene, so she says, you know, last time I was there as he was showing me oh, how he cleans all the tools, he asked me out. And we've been going out every night since. Every night? <laughs> I would be exhausted. I, if I have to do something every single night during a week, that is my worst week. Like, I understand liking someone. I understand wanting to spend all your time with someone. If I had to go out and do things every night i would end it all especially implying that they're like dates so you're like going and getting dinner going to an event going to a party absolutely going to watch not. a movie like i no i want to be at home <laughs> and will asks an extremely invasive question which is have you two you know have they had sex just to be clear like he's asking have they had sex and like that's so inappropriate to ask you like you're basically co-workers now like less yes they dated in the past 
And that's definitely not an appropriate question to ask your ex, but they're also basically coworkers. You're literally coworkers. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine asking any of my coworkers, hey, are, are you having sex? So Emma basically gives him the advice to like make the time with the kids as good as he can and like remind them of all the wonderful times they've had in Glee and like what made them feel special in the Glee Club. And then we get this little scene where he's like driving in his car, hears Don't Stop Believing coming on the radio and starts crying, breaking down crying. I think he's, I think um, she specifically says like, when you were going to become an accountant, remember what I showed you. It was a clip of him singing at nationals when he was, I think, a senior. Um, and she was like, and what inspired you about that moment? And he was says, like, I loved what I was doing. And so basically what she's saying is like, okay, even if you end up losing, give the kids their big last hurrah. So we cut to Finn and Rachel coming down the stairs. Yeah, once again, just having a full, like, right in the middle of a stairwell, actually. In the middle of a staircase. I would have shoved them to the side. I would have shoved them down the staircase. Um, Rachel, basically Finn comes up to her and wants her to be like more optimistic. He's like, we're going to win regionals. I believe in us. And like, we have the power to do it. And she kisses him. Dun, dun. And it's this great Finn and Rachel moment. This is actually one of my favorite Finchel episodes. It is one of the cuter moments. I will give it that. Yeah. And they do have great chemistry. Like you really feel it between them. And they, they both like do a little smile at the end and it's just nice. We cut into... Glee Club, I guess, in the middle of the day. And Will is has... Meaningless. We exist yeah. in a vortex in McKinley High. Will does this little speech. He talks about, like, you know, months and months ago, we had our first Glee Club rehearsal, and we were so bad. One day, you know, all of you guys will be gone from here, and we'll have just little memories of your Glee Club time. But the songs that we sung will stay with you emotionally. Two, as they say, hold on to this feeling. He says, you know, we're going to do Don't Stop Believing. And Rachel goes, we're going to do Don't Stop Believing at regionals. He goes, we're going to do more than that. We're going to do a whole journey medley. Bold choice. As Uh, someone who loves Journey. I mean, I love Journey partially because of this show. You love Journey because Glee. I also liked Journey before Glee. Thank you very much. Because I saw the Adam Sandler movie, Bedtime Stories. Fair enough. That was a pretty solid movie, I will say. I haven't seen it in like uh, 12 years, but I I remember it being pretty good. After that, hard cut to regionals. Yeah, like we're already there. Hard cut. We're following Will as he walks in. Like he's getting a program. They're announcing the judges. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, we already said this, but it's Olivia Newton-John, Josh Groban, Rod Remington and Sue Sylvester. What a collection of names. Um, Literally, Olivia Newton-John and Josh Groban like make sense together. Like at least they're both famous singers. Don't know what they're doing at an Ohio show choir competition, but at least they make sense together. What are Sue and Rod doing there? Rod is a local celebrity. He's like the news anchor. Mm -hmm. And then Sue is just also kind of there. I I guess that's kind of like having like Katie Couric. Katie, Katie Couric. Or, like, I can't I think of any other. local news. I only know Katie Couric because in the Will Smith movie Shark Tale, they have a fish called Katie Current, and her name is a pun. That's off of funny. Katie Couric, yes. So Will takes his seat. No, never mind. I was getting this confused with another competition. The first group goes over, goes up, and they it are called... Oral Intensity. So iconic. Such a good name. Absolute banger, that one. Oral Intensity should have been another backup name for our podcast. So Oral Intensity goes up, and they perform a mashup of of You Raise Me Up by Josh Groban and Magic by Olivia Newton-John. Isn't You Raise Me Up like a a church song? Well, yeah, but it's Josh, like, Josh Groban is famous off of it. They sing this mashup, and Puck is immediately like, oh, someone tips them off about the judges and like they're going to win because they sang like tribute songs basically to the judges. I feel like the judges would be public knowledge because like maybe it's just they only knew Sue because Sue was bragging about it. I don't know. Um, Well, so here's the thing. I guess we are to assume that all Glee clubs in the universe 
just choose their songs days before competition because they would probably find the judges out days before competition. Or we are to assume that only New Directions chooses their songs days before competitions and the oral, oral intensity people found out the judges months and months ago, which I don't know how they would have done that because Olivia Newton-John is only barely, has only recently been in Ohio. Logic. Logic. Jinx! <laughs> anyway, Will just gives them a little pep talk, basically. He's like, he guys, says, we're gonna... We're yeah. gonna we're gonna win out. We're gonna go out there. We're gonna get everything we can, and we've got something that none of them have. And they go, "What's that?" And Will goes, "Finn's dancing." Iconic. And then we go into. I do love that line. I do unironically love that line. I think it's fantastic. My literally one of my favorite Finn and Rachel scenes in the whole series, where they are standing. Um, I guess it's technically backstage, but they're through. They're where standing they- out in the atrium. Yeah, where like the audience enters from because they're going to enter from the aisles. They are standing at their like respective entrances and Finn comes over to Rachel and she just says, break a leg. And he goes, I love you. Like, and it's so beautiful. And they just have this great little moment of like almost little like hidden smiles and you can like feel it between them. It's so cute. So cute. And like, you can really feel like it's maybe going to work out for them this time, you know? Yeah. And, and like, yeah, we, we go into season two and of course they break up and get back together a million other times, but just right now you really feel like it's going like, to work this out is, for them. For me, for me, this was the first moment where I was like, oh yeah, this yeah. is end game. This is end game. This is it. Um, did you want to say something about entering through the aisles? Before I, I have go- a whole thing about entering through the aisles. I think that it is not a great decision not uh from like a fourth wall perspective because i don't care about that stuff what i care about is having to turn around in my entire seat disrupt my whole shit to watch some kid walk down the aisles and then to make matters even worse we were at we were literally at a wedding a few days ago and having to turn to watch people enter is my least favorite thing. But to make things worse in this scenario, you then have to turn the opposite direction to watch Rachel come in. Yeah. And heaven like, forbid you're in like the front orchestra, because then you've got to fully turn all the way around. I don't like entering through the aisles for this inst- for this specifically. There is so one funny. instance in which I will allow this, and that is the Lion King musical, because those costumes rule and everyone deserves to see them up close. Well, and those are really big costumes that can be seen from a distance. Whereas like, this is just two teenagers in like- It's two teenagers! Yeah, in like nice dress clothes. Um, it's not even nice dress clothes. Finn's pants and shirt fit so bad. Oh my God, no, I love their outfits for this. No, the outfits are cute. It's just that like, they oh, Finn's don't fit at all. <laughs> to be fair, Cory Monteith is very, very tall. But then you'd think they would be too small. They're weirdly too big. Anyway, anyway, that's not the point. Just to get everything out of the way before we get into the actual <laughs> yes, performance. Yes. Another gripe I have with these costumes is what are the girls' hair doing? Oh, I no, understand. I, love it. I understand that 2010 was like peak bump it era. But why is it only some of them? It's just like volume, so much volume. It's like Mercedes, Santana, Brittany, and Rachel. No, I don't Queen has it too. Does Quinn have I think they all have it. No, Tina doesn't have it. She's got like the two like twist things at the sides. Cause I saw like there's a, a back shot of them from behind. And Tina's hair to, like, is rewatch it. I I think it's bad. Um Yeah, maybe so. Anyway, moving on. So we do faithfully. So I um this is a podcast Give your medium, spiel. so you can't Give see your how spiel. I am like I am like fully vibrating talking about this song. This is genuinely i think i put hmm, i think i put a kurt blaine song as one of my favorite uh as my number one favorite duet in the thing we're doing on instagram but thinking about it if i had to choose this is not my favorite glee song glee cover but if i had to choose one glee cover to listen to like for the rest of my life and i couldn't listen to a single other one genuinely would pick this would pick faithfully it's so beautiful it's such a beautiful song to begin with. It's so moving and their voices are so good on it. And then you, the vocals really just soar towards the end when the whole Glee club is backing them up and Rachel is doing those high, high, 
I'm Still Yours. It's stunning. My gripe with this song is that it's too short. Yes. The 100%. the performance that we see in the TV show on, on like the albums that they recorded, it's the full version, but yes. Agreed. Like um, we need more of this basically. So we go from that into any way you want it, uh, slash love and touch and squeeze in. Again, an absolute banger. They really took both of these songs, amped them up to the next level. No diss to Journey, but Journey. Complete diss to Journey. I don't care. Well, like someone on TikTok said it better, so I don't want to steal their joke. But like, I hope that every artist who ever like gave Glee the rights to their music knew that Glee was going to absolutely obliterate the original version and that's exactly what happens with these journey songs like respect to the original writers but this any way you want it love and touch and squeeze and mashup i don't ever want to listen to the original versions of those songs ever again agree okay. I, I also will say i really like in any way you want it love and touch and squeeze and we get little santana and puck solos so that's nice too it's not just like finn and rachel the whole time yeah, and there's there's actually really good choreography in this one. Fantastic choreography. Really good, considering they put it together in a week. So then they transition into Don't Stop Believing. First of all, the entire audience is already standing up, which I think is funny. Bro, they, stood up. they act like they're at a concert. Imagine, like, any high school production we were in. Imagine... Fiddler on the Roof Jr. that we were in, if people had given a full standing ovation in the middle of like sunrise, sunset, in the middle of like to life. Like people do that at like Broadway shows sometime. I remember when I saw uh, Color Purple on Broadway, a couple people like in the front row stood up after Hell No and I'm Here. But that's like a couple people. And that's because that's like a very emotionally powerful show about the struggles of black women post civil war. Mm-hmm. This is a high school show choir competition and they're doing a couple of classic rock numbers. That said, I also would have stood up for the new directions here. Is it good? Yes. Have I seen this before? Yes. Disagree. I think this is so much better than the original. There is a point where Don't Stop Believing gets a little old on this show. Like they do it maybe season five or six, and you're just like, eh, come yeah. on now. But I think this is before it got old. This is a perfect callback where they're even doing some of the old choreography. Artie's on guitar, and it's like the the kind of original Glee Club members right in a line with the newer Glee Club members on the sides. I think it's fantastic, and you can it's really very good. See, you can see their growth, and like. I don't know. We're joking about like, how could anyone give a standing ovation to this show choir competition? But like, I would I, give a standing ovation at the end. I, I would agree. give a standing ovation to this performance at the end of it. Also, halfway isn't through, like, isn't it the, kind of disrespectful to stand up in the middle of a show? Yeah, yeah. Because then the people can't behind you can't see. Anyway, so New Directions finish up their performance. It's we got fantastic. a cute little Finn Rachel hug. Show-stopping. Um, Stunning. Oh, worth noting, Quinn's mom is in the audience. She comes in in the middle of Love and Touch and Squeeze In. Yeah, so she's um, like she's late to the she performance, but down. she sees them. But she's there. Um, So they're all walking off stage, and, you know, they Quinn's mom pumped. says... They are like, Rachel's like, we're going to win this. Time. We got this. We were so good. And Quinn's mom is there backstage. And, and she goes, Quinn- I'm sorry for all the times I missed you perform. Were there a lot? And she tells Quinn that she left Quinn's father. Actually, she kicked him out. Quinn's Mr. Fabray was having an affair with, quote, some tattooed freak. Uh, and as an aspiring tattooed freak, I take minor offense to that. Tattooed freak would be uh, a great band name. Quinn's mom basically says, like, I want you to come home with me. We can turn the guest room into a nursery uh, like mm-hmm. she's going on about like i want to i want you to I, I want you to come home i want to like be the mother that i feel i should be being to you and she's like quinny say something and quinn goes i think my water just broke drama i think my water just broke and then imagine being olive you are nine years old or 
10. You're nine years old. No, because if this was airing at the beginning of 2010, you wouldn't have turned 10 yet. Oh, you're right. I would have been nine. This was June 8th. Imagine being Olive. You are nine years old. You have. Did your mom let you watch this part? Yes. I have no idea how pregnancy works at this point, but she did let me watch it. Oh, okay. Uh, so you are Olive. You are nine years old. You are watching Glee with your mother. You are invested. This is your whole life and will be for the rest of it. And you hear the phrase, I think my water just broke. And then you have to go to commercial. <laughs> and then when we get back from commercials, we don't go immediately into the hospital. We go into the vocal adrenaline cover of Bohemian Rhapsody. Can I just say this scene invented television? Like television, like television like existed before this, but like this invented it. This invented TV. This, this invented the concept of high drama television. This, I don't care about anything else important that has ever happened in TV history over the past hundreds of years. The invention of the television, don't care. The O.J. Simpson trials, don't care. The finale of Friends, don't care. This Bohemian Rhapsody cover slash performance, God tier. Literal God tier. This, this deserves the full drama of the entire performance. So we start out, it is Jesse St. James in a, a bright pink shirt and black suspenders. It is Jonathan Groff. He is playing a high schooler. There, um, are, there are some backup dancers here who are not in high school. There are some with fully receding hairlines. The bravery of vocal adrenaline to do like, and how long is it? Like seven minutes long, eight minutes long? I think it's eight minutes. The choreography They were just of like, it? you know what? We can pull this off. And they did. They, they did. did. The fact that Jonathan Groff has the show power to carry this entire song. And I want to give a quick shout out to the other girl. There's a girl who also has solos in this song that is also very good. She's doing a great job. But the power they had to do this song. The sheer power they have. The choreography is giving everything. And while this is all going on, Quinn is being rushed to the hospital with Bohemian Rhapsody playing in the background. Puck is pushing the wheelchair because he's technically the father, so I guess he has to be here. We'll get more on that later. Quinn asks for Mercedes to be yeah. in the delivery room with them. So She beautiful. goes, wait, I want Mercedes with me too. The oh, way God. that Glee robbed us of this friendship after this episode, they just let it drop like a hot rock. Hate crime. And the way the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody line up just perfectly, the like, too late my time has come, uh, shivers shaking down my spine, bodies aching all the time. First of all, mood. Second of all, mood. The, the most relatable queen lyric to me is bodies aching all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then... As, like, the most, I don't want to rush into it. I don't know if there's maybe other things to mention. There are some other th things to mention. Let's go through. We have, like, uh, there is a dance move Vocal Adrenaline does that is, like, they lift the girls up and then they lay them down, like, on the floor. And we go from that to Quinn being laid down in a hospital bed. Um, Iconic. The parallels. She's, like, shouting the, um, shouting so, the backing vocals. She goes, I want to die, right as Jesse goes, I want to die. Yeah. Yeah. There's also a lot of lineups with the mama and her going, mommy. This is something that you said um, on May 23rd. If I am not singing the backing vocals of Bohemian Rhapsody when I give birth, send the baby back. Yeah. <laughs> like, I gotta. Oh, and when they get to the Bismillna, no, we will not let you go. Quinn is doing the let me go, let me go. Um, she is also um, yelling at Puck, you suck, you suck, you suck, you suck, you suck. Um, which he does no lies detected respectfully to the arc that puck has been through this this series this season you know we had like the lady gaga episode where he sang beth and puck has kind of been on this journey of deciding you know what like i actually do kind of want to be a good dad you know if quinn does decide to keep the baby i want to be there for my kid and so we should recognize that however i as a viewer 
don't want to see his face. I don't want to see his face. Also, at one point, he, like, looks under her hospital gown and, like, is grossed out. Which like, I cringes. understand, but it's not about you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, it's not about you, Noah. And then we get to the Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me. And they the doctor goes, she's crowning. And then the literally, I want everyone to stop listening to this podcast right now. Watch this entire scene. Do it as a favor to yourself, as a reward for whatever day you've had. Watch the entire Glee Bohemian Rhapsody scene and then come back and finish up the podcast. I'm not even joking. Go do it. Entire club of vocal adrenaline is basically like choking Jesse, doing like a crowning motion around him as the baby is crowning out of Quinn. It's art. Cinema! This Put is this in the MoMA. Like, I, like, is, people will say that this is cringe. I don't care. It's hilarious. It is, this is so, it's so funny. It's television history. This, literally, I, this is, to me, more iconic than anything they ever did on Friends. I don't care about Rachel getting off the plane. I care about Jesse's crowning scene in Bohemian Rhapsody. 100% agree. As like, and I genuinely do like parts of Friends. Like I watched the whole series, but this is better than the entire series of Friends. This is better than Friends, How I Met Your Mother, Doctor Who, Supernatural, any other TV. This is the best moment. Breaking Bad Who. Never heard of it. Game of Thrones Who. Never heard of it. All I know is the Glee Jesse crowding scene from the Bohemian Rhapsody performance, and that's all that matters. And, like, here's the thing. 110%, I would give every standing ovation to the New Directions. I would sell my life to them. You know I'm a, my problematic trait is that I'm a Rachel Berry stan, and that I am Rachel Berry kin myself. But here's the thing. As an audience right now, I think we are supposed to be viewing this as vocal adrenaline being too showy or too flashy. We're supposed to be watching it and we see Rachel standing in the back of the auditorium with like her arms crossed and she's like judging them. Loki is so funny because the rest of the New Directions are at the hospital with Quinn, which implies everyone was like, we're we're going to the hospital. Quinn's having her baby. And Rachel's like, I'll stay here. Thanks. Yeah. Um, But like, we're supposed to be watching this and thinking like, oh, the New Directions are still going to win because- Vocal adrenaline is relying too much on like their flashiness and not enoughly, not enough on their talent and heart. But no, 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 no. This is the most talented thing I've ever seen in my life. They are literally performing their asses off. They are killing it. We should probably move off of this at some point. We could do a whole episode just deconstructing this one scene. Yeah, this is stunning. And then they end with the nothing really matters. Anyone can see nothing really matters to me. And they bring in Quinn's baby, which is fully like a two month old. Yeah, babies in, in media are not. That is not a fresh baby. That is a, that baby either was in there too Eyes long. are too wide open. As someone yeah. who works with a lot of babies, eyes are way too wide open. It is very adorable. You see like Quinn holds the baby and she, there's a thing where like, She's kind of like holding her head up and then she just lays her head back down and she smiles at the baby and they just like melt into each other. It's beautiful. It's very, very cute. Um, Once again, the cinematography decides to make it about Puck, which I hate. We go into, um, I guess, like the green room for vocal adrenaline. Um, None of the vocal adrenaline kids are there. It's just Shelby hanging out. And Rachel comes in. She says, congratulations. Please come teach at McKinley. She says, like, you know, vocal adrenaline's glory days are in the past. Rachel, I don't know what you just watched. I don't know what you just watched. She, yeah, she says, like, we're better. We were better than them. We're like, we're going to win this because we, we were just better. And like, Rachel, I'm like, I'm so sorry. But are you blind? I'm not even sorry. I'm not even sorry. You weren't, you weren't as good as them. Shelby does immediately add a little bit more practicality into Rachel's offer because Rachel says you know you should come teach at McKinley because uh you know you could help with the you could help teach music or you could help with the new directions and like lead us to nationals in the future because we're gonna win this I guess um 
And Shelby's like, um, even if that was true, like, even if vocal adrenaline was going to lose this, like, I want to move on with my life. I want Rachel has a line, actually. She Mm -hmm. says, but there's so much you can teach me. There's so much only you can teach me. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel bad about it, but not in a way that I can describe. It just feels kind of, oh. Yeah, it's, it's saddening. And, like, honestly, I would wonder how, like, Rachel's dads feel about that, right? Because, like, they're the ones who raised her. Um, yeah. And, like, not to invalidate any feelings that, like, an adopted child has about their biological parent. But we go on to see Shelby, like, fully have sex with an underage boy on this show. So I don't really give a shit what she can teach you, Rachel. So Shelby basically is like, I'm tired of performing. I'm tired of like showbiz. What I want is like a house and a garden and a baby. I missed out on so much with you, Rachel. I need a new start. I need another chance. She's still here. Literally, you could still have a relationship with Rachel if you wanted to. It's Like you don't have to start with her as an infant. Like, yeah, you missed some stuff. There's going to be more stuff. Like there, there are so many things that like a, a mother figure could still impart to her life, first of all. And also she could be a mother figure to Rachel and go on to have like a family as well. Like she could do both. They're acting like both. she has to make a choice here. It's, I don't think it's so dumb. I don't think she should come and teach him McKinley, but I also don't think she should just be like yeeting out on Rachel, like, bye, never going to talk to you again, you know? It's especially egregious to me because, like, you can want to move on, but you need to realize that you're the one that initiated this. Exactly. And you need to take responsibility. Because you were before the one... you showed up and forced your way into Rachel's life, Rachel was just like, I mean, I've always kind of wondered, but it's not that important. And like, now you, you have were... forced your way into this 16-year-old child's life because you got impatient to meet her when she was 18. And then you decided, actually, no, I'm not ready for this. And just were ready to leave. And, like... I'm sure there are a lot of conflicting feelings that the both of them are feeling right now, right? It's a difficult situation if Shelby doesn't feel ready to, like, be a mother completely to Rachel. But Rachel's not asking for her to be a mother. She's asking her to be there for her. Like, be a contact in her cell phone if she ever has a question, you know? She's asking, I feel like Rachel's asking for like the bare minimum, honestly. Like of all the times that Rachel Berry is like overdramatic and asking for too much on this show, this is one situation where I'm like, like Shelby has put Rachel in a situation where Rachel feels like she needs Shelby. Exactly. Like that's the thing. thing. Shelby really brought this upon herself and then was like, actually, no, I don't want my actions to have consequences. Right. And then she does. Do we go into this scene next? Well, basically, uh, the scene ends, um, Rachel tells Shelby- Rachel says, you know, everyone else is at the hospital, Quinn had her baby, it's a beautiful baby girl, and they'll call back to Rachel. And then we go into the judging room, which has the four judges, as we've stated, they're being kind of catty to each other, Um, I think very iconic. I think the acting that Josh Groban and Olivia Newton-John- John Iconic, on show. hysterical, amazing. Unparalleled. Sue walks in. She goes, Newton, John, you're dead to me. And they basically tell Sue, like, you think that you're a celebrity, but you're just like those kids from McKinley. You have delusions of grandeur. Yeah. They basically call the McKinley kids poor and, like, or I think Olivia Newton-John asks, like, are they a poor school? Like, is that why they had, like, no costumes and no special effects and bad choreography. And Sue actually has a really interesting moment here where she defends the new she literally says, as an educator, I feel we should recognize that, you know, children are not all given the same possibilities in life. And it's kind of similar to the scene she had with um, Neil Patrick Harris, his episode, where she talks about like how uh, sports benefit children. And we actually see like a part of Sue that genuinely does care about the students um and then sue kind of just goes like well well i know who i want to put last so let's just do a vote but right as she's ready to vote olivia newton john josh groban and rod keep hounding the new directions basically like they keep like complaining about how awful they were and i think that's when olivia newton john says are they a poor person school and like that kind of adds more realism in it for sue i think 
where she's like, yeah. oh, wait, this isn't just like, you know, Sue can get caught up in like her personal hatred for the New Directions. But I think seeing how these rich assholes are like treating the New Directions, she kind of sees what they're up against. And she has those more vul- vulnerable moments. It's very interesting to watch. Yeah. We go from that voting soon where they're all like ragging on the New Directions and ragging on Sue because she's not a celebrity. And this is where she says, kiss my ass, Josh Groban. And then we go into the announcements of the winners. And they announce that- I guess they are showing us scenes out of order. Right. That has to be what it is. Because all of the New Directions are up on stage. They've got all three show choirs on stage. And the runner up- is oral intensity. Yes. So they came in second place, which means that only only one group will make it. And we know that the and we know that the vocal adrenaline peeps are not coming in third place. So yeah. So vocal adrenaline wins. And they're Tragic. all celebrating. The new directions are crushed. I'm crushed too, honestly. Like I knew they were gonna lose, but like oof. Yeah, it is kind of rough. It's a little bit rough. And then we transition into the scene in the hospital. And Quinn is standing, it's Quinn and Puck standing outside, um, like the glass door of like the, the baby room. I, yeah, whatever. Last time the- I was in the birthing section of a hospital, I was being born. So who knows? The thing that gets me here is when they're like, oh, the baby just looks just like you, Quinn. A baby that young looks like nothing but a potato or a cashew. A baby does not look like a full person yet. A baby does not look like either parent until about month four. What I need to say here is that this is a beautiful scene. Diana is acting the hell out of this scene. Just like Where she does with Diana's all Where is Diana's Emmy? Where is Diana's Emmy? Literally. She asks Puck as they're staring at, at the baby in like her little swaddle. She asks, did you love me? And you can just like hear ever so slight heartbreak in her voice. It's just, it's bittersweet because Puck has just asked if she wants to keep her and both of them said no. And then she asked, did you love me? And he says, yes, especially now. And like- And I personally call bullshit, but whatever. I mean, listen- just for just for this once i will set aside my hatred of puck to recognize the minuscule character growth he he's made to actually caring about quinn honestly i don't think he loved her when he had sex with her i do think he loves her now absolutely not yeah i could i i can i i would agree with that um, and then, but then like out fucking, of nowhere, Shelby Cochran comes up. Like a fucking phantom out of the shadows. Shelby comes up. And like literally makes, coming through the mirror to steal our ingenue. Maybe it's because like we know what happens with Shelby in season two. And so we already don't really like her all that much. But this scene has almost like once Shelby enters the scene. It's big it, Jaws theme energy. It turns, uh, like, menacing, almost. Maybe, like, that's just because we have the, like, current knowledge. I remember watching this back when it first aired, and it was very lovely. But basically, she, like, asks if the baby has a name yet. Or, like, she says, oh, she's so beautiful. Does she have a name yet? Quinn says no, but Puck says it's Beth um, because of the song that he sang for them. Which I do think is very pretty. And then we we cut there, so we don't find out what happens with Shelby just yet. We cut into McKinley, assumably like the next day or whatever, and we see Emma shouting at Principal Figgins through the like glass of his office. Will um, catches her as she's walking out, and she's like, "Well, he's like, whoa, what was that about?" And Emma is like throwing a full fit about the New Directions having to close. She's like, it's not fair. Like Sue rigged the votes. Sue shouldn't have been a judge um, because they still think that Sue is the reason that they lost. And Will Which is a is, reasonable assumption at this point. A reasonable assumption. But Will is pretty much resigned. He goes, you know, this is how it how it is. This is what I agreed to. These were the rules that, you know, Figgins set forth and we lost. Um and then 
I can't remember what Emma says that triggers it. She says something, you know, like we can't just accept uh, like what people say, like some things are worth fighting for. And, and Will goes like us. And she goes, no, meant other things. He like catches her arm as she tries to walk away. And he goes, this thing isn't over between us. And he kisses her. Um, He's like, I don't care that you're seeing a dentist. You should. You, yeah, you definitely should. Also, this is one scene where like at the beginning of the scene, it's happening in the school hallway and there's like students all around them. Once they kiss, the hallway is empty. Empty, not a student site, except for one Rachel Berry who comes up and is like, Mr. Chu, we'd like to see you in the auditorium. This scene has me. This scene. Has me on the ground. I don't even like Will Schuster in this scene. Got me. I got, First got. So we enter the auditorium. All the Glee Club members are sitting on their stools on the stage. Very um, dream a little dream of me, if you will. The first line of this scene is Matt's second line. His <laughs> his uh, second to last line in the entire series. He gets one more line in um, season five or season six. Where he goes, in the beginning of this year, I was just another football player. And I hate to break it to you, buddy, but you still are. You're still just another football player. Uh, Mercedes says, I was a closeted diva. And Quinn says, I used to be the captain of the Cheerios. Um, Puck is like, I was shoving kids in dumpsters. Kurt says, I was afraid to be who I am. I got to say, he's also wearing like a sailor hat in this scene. And I don't like it, but we're going to move on. I love his sailor outfit. I think it's great. Um, Mike says, I was scared to dance outside of my room. And then we cut to Santana going, I hated everyone in this club. Tina says, I had a stutter. Artie said, I'd never kissed a girl before. And I they, feel they like do that's a not look. as significant a struggle as some of those other things, but whatever. So. And Finn, Finn says, I never had a dad, someone I could look up to, model yeah. myself after and show me how to be a man. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And they say, we don't care what the judges say because we know that we won. We won that regionals because we had you as a teacher and Glee Club will never end because you are Glee Club. And they go and they start singing to Sir with Love. I know you've and never I seen cry. this movie. I did look up the plot of the movie. Okay, the, the movie is very good. This Glee cover is like leaves me speechless honestly and like all the kids are crying performing it like even santana i i, I didn't know the song before i watched glee for obvious reasons because i was nine um and also this is a british movie so like i don't think it's super well known in the americas anyway i think my mom knew of it but like still it's an old movie it's just a beautiful song they sing it at the end of the movie thanking their teacher for like basically taking the time to grow with them and it's incredibly thematic here everyone's in tears by the end of it it's just beautiful if i mean if you ever want to watch to start with love i own it because my because i had my mom buy it for me after this glee episode i'm not surprised by that i would want to watch that sometime as the number kind of starts to come to a close we see sue standing in the back of it, of the auditorium watching this this is a really interesting moment because as we know from the from the pilot episode and through various other performances they've had in the auditorium, there are shots of Sue looking almost kind of menacing in the back of the auditorium as she watches them. Specifically in the pilot, she like watches over them with Quinn and Santana, and it's like, ooh, she's gonna take them down. But now she's watching. There are them with, tears in her eyes with a new respect, and uh, we cut to. A little scene with Sue and Will in the Glee Club room. Will is just packing everything up. He's taking everything out of the uh, rehearsal room. And he's like, well, congratulations, Sue. You got what you wanted. And he says... And he says, are you here to gloat? And she goes, mostly. Well, he says, um, maybe we weren't good enough to beat vocal adrenaline. Fine. But we were so much better than oral intensity. And... Sue does her whole like I'm better than you thing where she's like oh well I can't reveal what the votes were that would be ruining my sacred oath as a judge or whatever 
all I can say is that casting my vote was easy. And like, we hear that line and we're supposed to think like, oh, well, Sue just hates the New Direction show. She put them last. But we cut into a little flashback of the judging room and we find out that she put the New Directions first, first place. And was probably just thinking about it was probably the only one of the judges to do so. And that is growth. Oh, and put vocal adrenaline last. Oh, well, I didn't even notice that. Love yeah. that. She put vocal it's adrenaline last. It's objectively incorrect, but I love it as a character moment. Yeah, a bad, an incorrect choice. I think she does it so that oral intensity gets second place. Like she knows that they'll all pretty much vote well, for second oral place. intensity second place. And so she puts vocal adrenaline last. We find that out as an audience. Will still doesn't know it though. And Sue says, like, I have proven that if I want to, I can wipe your glee club off the face of the earth. But what kind of world would that be? A world where I couldn't constantly ridicule your hair. That's not a world I want to live in. Yeah. And she she basically tells Will that she got Figgins to agree to give them another year. And um, we get this kind of interesting scene with Sue and Figgins where she's demanding that Glee Club have another year uh, because she is blackmailing Figgins. And Figgins yeah. is like, whatever, I don't care. You're not manipulating me anymore. And we see, again, another moment of vulnerability where Sue's like, listen, I will not bring up the blackmail anymore. Please just give them another year. And we really see how like important this is to her. You know? Sue is just like the most complex character ever put on film. Yeah. She tells Will that they have another year. And he says, he, he shakes her hand. He says, I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. And as she's looking at him, she says, I am seriously going to puke in your mouth. And then they break <laughs> apart. I love Jane Lynch. Ah, I love her so much. Unparalleled. Um, and so we cut into the Glee Club room. Everything's set back up again. And Will announces to all the kids that... Glee Club has another year and they're all so excited. They have another chance. And Rachel's like, oh my gosh, guys, we have to start rehearsing. We're going to pick songs out. We're going to do this immediately. And Will goes, no, 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 no. You guys deserve a break. You're going to take the summer off and have fun. But before you go, I have a gift for you because they did too, sir, with love. So now he's returning the favor and he brings Puck up and they do a little ukulele guitar cover of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I really don't like listening to any of the Mark Salling Glee covers. However, when this comes on, I do leave it on because the harmonies are just really beautiful in it. It's a very content ending to the episode. I think a lot of times Glee falls into pitfalls where they'll have these big numbers in the middle and then kind of shove a number onto the end where like okay we just need a musical number to end the episode so like throw something on there that fits the theme of the episode dream a little dream of me <laughs> exactly which like it doesn't mean dream a little dream of me is bad but it also just feels like kind of eh to end the episode this instead feels very appropriate it's very content it's kind of quiet and soft and the glee club is just really like sitting in their happiness with each other and that's beautiful and we get some cutaway scenes where we find out that shelby has signed adoption papers and is adopting Beth from the hospital. Don't think that's very realistic. Adoption is not that I easy. I don't think it. I don't think hospitals do that. Even if um, Quinn and I, Puck like immediately signed off on it, you can't just like pick up a baby from a hospital and go. Yeah, it's it's weird. I glot this late in the game, we're just saying logic. We're moving on. Except yeah. there's not really anywhere to move on to because that's basically the end of the episode. Well, and like maybe this, I'll say this one last thing on it. Maybe this is just me. But if I was Rachel and I had just been told from my birth mother that she didn't want to have a relationship with me and that she wants a, to have a family and a house and a dog. And then she went and in, adopted the girl who bullied me's baby the very same day. I would be terribly hurt by that. Yeah. Gonna be real. That would that would cause some damage to me if I was Rachel. Uh-huh. So I think it's sweet that she adopts Beth because at this point we don't know that Shelby's a horrible person, but it's just it's just a lot to think about. There's a lot to think about there. So 
that was a lot but best song of the episode do we have thoughts bohemian rhapsody it's obviously bohemian rhapsody i know you're gonna say faithfully because i know you but it's bohemian rhapsody bohemian rhapsody is the best performance of the episode faithfully and to serve with love are both better songs you can think that i'm sorry actually no i'm not sorry we'll just agree to disagree worst song of the episode none of them yeah Yeah. this episode was really oops all bangers Oops, all bangers. They're fantastic. And Will has been a pretty good teacher this whole time. There was the weird kissing Emma scene when she's like specifically asked you to not do that, Will. But otherwise, like, like, other than that, actually, like some really sweet practical teacher moments here and moments where he actually feels like a genuine teacher and not like a man overstepping his boundaries with children. Yep. You know, that's what I, that's what I have to say. Other than that, though, since it's, you know, the last episode of the season, what has been your favorite moment of the season so far? Oof. Well, okay. So Faithfully is up there. Um, Okay. I don't, I genuinely, I said it before, but this is one of my favorite episodes of all of Glee. I think my favorite individual moment of this season is probably the Kurt and Bert scene after Rose's turn. Oof. Yes. Good choice. Um. There's a good handful of Kurt and Bert scenes. They, the um, scene where Finn says the F slur and Bert comes down and has the whole monologue yelling at Finn. That's also a fantastic writing moment. Yeah. Those, those Kurt and Bert scenes are really the best writing moments of the show. I also really enjoyed like the scene where um, Will finds out that Terry has been faking her pregnancy. And it's like almost kind of a scary scene in their kitchen where he throws the pregnancy pad across the room. I mean, that's an intense scene. Again, they are acting the hell out of that. And then Um, also Diana's, uh, I needed my mom. Oof, just that one line, that one line. That should have been her Emmy right there. They They should have just handed it to her. Yeah, not even had her compete with anyone else. They just said, this is yours now. Um, Favorite song this whole season? I mean, I guess it's faithfully. Like, I don't want to keep beating that dead horse, but like, it's up there. I'm going to be real. And I'm very sorry. It's just that this is a pre-existing bias. I think my favorite song from this season is Don't Stand So Close to Me, Slash Young Girl. (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with you? It just slaps. That was I, like the glee. That is the glee cover that has been in my Spotify likes since I got Spotify. Fine. I didn't have the context for it. I just knew that I thought that it slapped. I will give and an honor. It honorable- does slap. Mm-hmm. I want to give an honorable mention to Don't Rain on My Parade. Um, the boy is of course mine. You do. Boy is mine deserves it. Rose's turn. Also, shout out to Rose's turn. And then do we have a least favorite of the of the season? Mine is hair crazy in love. I, I mean, that's just like the worst one. Um, I'm trying to think. Poker face. Anything. Also... Poker face is bad. Anything the Acafellas did. Ooh, interesting. I kind of liked their um poison. That girl is poison. That wasn't a released song, but I liked it. Fair enough. Yeah, I just the I want to sex you up. Yeah. With rough. high schoolers? Mm. Although that, that episode did give us who is Josh Groban, kill yourself. We should probably announce that we will be taking the entire month of January off. Well, so here's the thing. We are taking the month of December off. Which is the recording schedule that messes us up. Yeah. So this episode that we're recording right now will be coming out the week of um, Christmas. And then the January 2nd to January 8th off. So the next two weeks after that. And we will return on January 13th. Hypothetically. You and I will be, you and I will be recording before that. Yeah. We'll see how it, people are moving. Things are happening. I'm graduating college. Ideally, Um, it'll be mid-January when we are back. We might even choose a new day to upload on, but we will always inform our loving 20 to 30 fans of any changes. Even if there's only four of you, you are my four favorite people in the whole world. 
And we'll see you guys in the new year. Not to get too sentimental, but thank you so much. Like, I know we say thank you so much for listening every single time. Like, we would be making this even if no one was listening, because we like talking to each other. But it, it, it really does mean a lot to know that there are people out in the rest of the world who are also having fun with this here funky little Glee podcast. So cheers to us. Here's to us and here's to you. Um, thank you so, 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 so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at SingSationsPod. That is S-I-N-G-S-A-T-I-O-N-S-P-O-D. I hope you have a nice day. I hope you take care of yourself and happy new year. Happy new year. Bye. Bye.